Yes. That is loud. Hello. So today is Canada Day, in quotes, and we are continuing our mini-series of understanding our faith by understanding the faith of our forefathers. And just like the day is in quotes, so too our 18th century preacher is Canadian. Henry Aline is Canadian only in quotes because not only did he deliver this particular sermon 84 years before Canada was even a country, but he was actually born in Rhode Island and died in New Hampshire. However, it is fitting. <laughs> it is fitting to spend time with him on this day because he claimed Nova Scotia as his native province and spent the majority of his ministry there. Not only that, but, and I quote, Almost single-handedly, Aline was able, by his frequent visits to the settlements, to draw the isolated communities together and to impose on them a feeling of oneness, end quote. This is the beginning of a national identity. Aline's ministry coincides almost perfectly with the Revolutionary War, and many of his listeners were Yankees who felt themselves increasingly cut off from New England, but were not particularly attracted to Old England. They sensed a profound need for a new sense of collective identity, one that was neither Yankee nor British, but something uniquely their own. And so it's fitting to hear what Henry Aline, one who helped to form Canadian identity, has to say on a day that celebrates the nation. Although Aline was a prolific preacher, we have only three of his sermons left to us. And I've chosen one that he delivered on Thanksgiving Day in 1782, because after a wonderful week of VBS, I knew we would have lots for which to be thankful. I believe that would have been American Thanksgiving since there was no Canada yet. Um, and and um, I know you are all hot and hoping it's going to be short. This was probably a two-and-a-half-hour sermon. I have cut it down. Um, there is a repeated refrain throughout the sermon, and just to keep you awake, I would like all of you to say it with me when these words appear on the screen. Let us give thanks to God for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And now I proceed to point out some of the singular instances of the goodness of God to us in particular. But, oh, they are so innumerable, I don't know where to begin. If I speak of the gospel privileges... Surely I may say our lines are fallen in pleasant places, and we have a goodly heritage, for we came forth from the loins of our predecessors to have our trial for salvation in a day when the gospel is in its meridian brightness. What millions have appeared for their trial in the antediluvian darkness. Millions more under the but glimmering light of mosaic dispensations, when, oh, methinks, even the poor lovers of Jesus waited in obscurity, looking through dark types and shadows to a promised Messiah, impatiently waiting for the long-expected morning when the Messiah should visibly appear. And thousands more, since he has appeared, have gone to heaven in a storm against the cruel rages of persecution, waiting after their captain in seas of their own blood, while we, with all the evidences of the truths of the gospel, are sitting under our own vine and fig tree, none to make us afraid. Oh, think, my hearers, how infinitely are we indulged, encircled with the arms of omnipotence, wrapped in the mantle of love, 
and cultivated with the word and spirit under the balmy wing of everlasting kindness. And oh, how largely have we been made to partake of the goodness of God and share in the favor of his hands. And oh, how little returns. Yea, and if I come a step nearer, omitting our being excluded from heathenish darkness and from the cruelty of oppression and tyranny, how are we screened from the trials of other nations in the convolutions of the present day? How have we sat in peace Well, inhuman war has spread devastation through towns and colonies like a flood. Not, my dear hearers, because of the cleanness of our hands or past righteousness. For surely we have not only had our hands equally engaged in the sins that have incurred the lamentable disorder, but have likewise perpetrated the same crimes and remained unfruitful and incorrigible under such distinguishing advantages. Yea, and more to be admired still, we have not only been excluded from the destructive scene, but while they were involved in the dreadful calamity, we have been blessed with that unparalleled blessing, the moving work of the Spirit of God. And neither has our little corner of the vineyard been excluded from a share in the unspeakable prize. Witness some of my hearers now present who have long been involved in Egyptian darkness Have not some of your souls not only been brought out of your unhappy bondage and unspeakable danger, but likewise made to partake of God's free and boundless grace and taste the sweets of redeeming love? Has not Jesus come into some of your families and caused some of your souls to drink of those rivers of pleasure that make glad the city of our God? Have you not forgotten your sorrows and sung for joy? Oh, praise him then. Praise him, ye happy souls, for his infinite goodness. Or I may say, in the words of our context, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Ye have not only been mourning in the bondage of Egypt, but have wandered in a wilderness, in a solitary way, hungry and thirsty, until Jesus appeared and led you forth by the right way to a city of habitation where you found that rest, that remains for the people of God. Let your hearts melt with love, your souls glow with gratitude, and your minds soar away in shouts of praise for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Surely you have cause to love much, for you are blessed in basket and in store, in time and eternity, for although you may be called through some trying scenes and sometimes afflicted with losses, crosses, and disappointments of this temporal world, yet it is all to advance your spiritual welfare and prevent greater miseries, for all things will surely terminate for your good. Oh, we are a people highly favored of God indeed. Yea, and even you that know not God, how vastly are you indulged? How innumerable are the mercies that you enjoy that many cannot? Could I but for a moment lend you an omniscient eye or discover to your view a map of the disordered world, what peals of death, what marks of misery, and tokens of despair would you behold even of temporal calamities, thousands soliciting the cold hand of charity, pinched with hunger, thirst, and nakedness, thousands chained to the galley, and others in chains of slavery, 
to endure all the hardship and misery that cruelty can inflict, thousands in prisons, dungeons, and places of confinement already destined to the gallows, gibbet, rack, or torture. And every pulse counts the fleeting moments that crowd them with reluctance to their dreadful exit. Oh, arise, arise and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Live to him, for he is the author and giver of all thy privileges and is now traveling from door to door, knocking from heart to heart for admission, all to bring to you to the fountain of all good and the essence of unspeakable joys. Yea, and he waits with unwearied patience. Oh, grant him admission. Enjoy his love and live forevermore. He's not only created you in love and came wholly in love to redeem you, but he's been laboring in love for you through unspeakable miseries and is still laboring for you. And in infinite love, entreating you to partake and forever enjoy his unchangeable goodness. And now let me in his name reinforce the entreaties and point out your steps for to praise and adore him. And this by singularizing my hearers as to their different capacities and stations of life. And God forbid that I should point any of you to God without God or to be Christians without Christ. And therefore, I am not about to lead you on a path, formal path of spiritless externals, but an immediate application to the Lord Jesus Christ, and there to partake of that spirit and love that will as naturally produce a Christian deportment externally as fire produces light. And now let me first entreat you who are leading men of the town in civil affairs to make it your first and chief concern to find room in your hearts for the despised Nazarene. (laughs) That you who are counselors may be taught of God and be as pillars in his house and as nursing fathers to his people and great unspeakably great will be your present and everlasting reward. Yea, and great is the influence of men in your state and as injurious as great. When your ways are perverse and your examples ungodly, ah, what a shocking sight to see the capital men of earth who ought to be a terror to evildoers instead be a praise to them that do well living in sin, sitting in the seats of the scornful, and joining with the ungodly, wallowing in vice and debauchery and walking in luxurious paths. But God forbid that I should have any cause to suspect this to be the case with any of you present. But if it is, though I would treat you with all the respect that is due your station and would be far from giving any willful offense, I am under obligation to say, as Nathan to David, thou art the man, and entreat you in the name of the Lord, and in meekness and in love to return before you are landed beyond hope, for there is yet mercy at your door and a moment more for repentance. Oh, embrace the unspeakable privilege. Let me entreat you to adorn your station by the grace of God and live as lights in the world for the Lord's sake, your own soul's sake, and the sake of others around you. Rise up. Witness for God and let all your deportment espouse the Redeemer's cause and the welfare of souls. Oh, how shocking when men who should be as pillars in the house of God and a bulwark around his feeble lambs are enemies to the gospel and a wound to the hearts of his children. And how shocking to see those from whose lips we might expect the dews of heaven to water and comfort the mourners in Zion 
and whose tongues should teach the songs of heaven to the rising generations, debauched with vain and obscene discourse, belching out blasphemy. But on the other hand, when they stand and speak and labor for the glory of God and the good of souls, how would saints admire and mourners rejoice and sinners tremble? Oh, that you might be the happy instruments of such benefit to immortal souls, and great, unspeakably great will be your reward. Jesus will stand by, lead and support you through all the sorrows, labors, and trying scenes of this mortal world, and give you strength equal to your day, and then receive you with a well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And there to solace in his love, crowned with immortal glory, and forever adore him for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Uh, But some of you, I suppose, think you would be very happy to be so blessed and, and hope that you shall be, but as yet your obligations to the important affairs of your public stations and your affinity to the carnal world and polite age is such that you would greatly expose your earthly esteem and welfare for to practice or discourse much about religion. True, my dear hearers, you would do so. But let me tell you, it is equally true that unless you forsake all, you can never be his disciple. And those who are ashamed of him before men, he will be ashamed of before his father and high angels. Therefore, you may never expect to enter those bright abodes of the everlasting day unless you are willing in this life to have your names cast out as evil and bear his reproach without the camp. Yea, and did you see things as they really are, you would account it the greatest honor that could be conferred upon you to be despised for the name of Jesus. Oh, then, let me again and again solicit your return from all your sinful ways and paths of vanity and join with heart and voice to praise God for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. And now with God I leave you, hoping that you will make the happy choice, for life and death has been set before you today. And now to every family, let me say as the Lord to Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Jesus is passing by, and offering to come in and make his residence with you and your families. And had you a sense of the infinite privilege of receiving the glorious visitant? you would, like the aforementioned Zacchaeus, come down and receive him joyfully and say with Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And surely, my dear friends, you have cause to love and adore him for his goodness to the sons of men and to you in particular. Ah, think but a moment what miseries you have been extricated from, what dangers you have escaped, what kindnesses received, what favor enjoyed beyond what thousands could have expected and beyond what thousands have enjoyed. And while many an aged parent is lingering to the grave with gray hairs and sorrow under the late news of their last son slain in battle, many a helpless infant is thrown an orphan to the wide world, while you, my dear hearers, have been hedged about with a kind providence of God, screened from the impending storm in this peaceable corner of the earth, Yea, and above all, while they are thus wading through a terrible storm, and we have been expecting soon to share the bitter cup, we have been blessed 
with the greatest of all blessings, cultivated in word and spirit of divine grace, many brought to feast at the marriage supper of the Lamb and to drink the wells of salvation. Oh, the goodness, the unspeakable goodness of God to such a people. Surely I may term you little Goshen, and yet how barren and unfruitful many of you still are. Yea, I have reason to fear that instead of prayer and praise, or your houses being as worship temples, many of you are keepers of the devil's shops, and your houses as den of thieves, ten hours spent in carnal myth and simple pleasures to one in prayer, praise, or any thoughts of God and his infinite goodness. And thus your children are hurried by and with you down that slippery steep to eternal perdition. Oh, the dreadful thought. Oh, the lamentable scene. Parents and children, all enemies to God, despisers of Christ, murderers of souls, servants of the devil, and bound to the regions of eternal despair. Let me ask such parents, how can you rest? How can you linger? How can you be masters of such cruelty? Or how can your hearts endure the thought of your approaching doom? Oh, that I could prevail with you to return before your fateful die is cast. Yea, methinks I would creep on my knees to entreat your return if I could thereby in any degree prevail with you. I know, I know you think I judge hard and am censorous. But if your conscience nor the word of God does not condemn you, neither will I. But if I have, it is wholly for your own good. And God knows I speak in love with an impatient thirst for to serve you and to be a means of your everlasting happiness, that you might forever enjoy the infinite goodness and adore God, therefore. And now to those happy parents who, under a sense of these things, are returning or have returned and are determined by the grace of God, they and their families, to cast themselves upon the Lord Jesus to forsake every sin, destroy every evil, concert every method for the advancing of vitals, vitals of religion and honor of God, and to exalt the name of Jesus for his goodness and wonderful works to the children of men. To these, let me say, go on, and the Lord of hosts will be your strength. Oh, then arise, my dear parents, from your remains of sin and sloth, Redouble your resolutions and prosecutions for the advancing of the Redeemer's kingdom in your families. And let your own harmonious strains arise to Jesus for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Remembering that your unspeakable reward is present and everlasting. And now to your offspring. Let me say unto you, Remember, oh, remember your creator while in the bloom of life. Before your evil days come and the years draw nigh when you shall say ye have no pleasure in them. As a servant and a friend to your souls, I entreat you while heaven invites you and Jesus himself is knocking, persuading and promising riches and honor. Says he who is with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. And those that seek me early shall find me. And those that find me shall find life. Yea, everlasting life, my dear youth, with joy unspeakable and full glory. Oh, be entreated to leave the dangerous amusements of this vain world. Turn off your eyes from beholding vanity and go in the way of understanding. Oh, remember what heart-aching hours 
scenes of sorrow, misery, and death, the bleeding Jesus has been wading through to save you from eternal perdition and bring you to his Father's bosom. And can you still persist in pursuit of your idols, wallowing in your sins to the despising of his grace, crowning him with thorns, piercing his side, refreshing his wounds, and plunge your own souls into eternal perdition and despair? Oh, be entreated to be wise in time and happy to all eternity. Turn from every sin. Fly to the waiting arms of the lovely Jesus. For my part, I can tell you, I was in all my earthly amusements and carnal pleasures a stranger to peace and ignorant of a moment's rest until I found it in this Christ that I now recommend to you. And I can, without reluctance or shame, declare myself to be one of his despised, though very unworthy followers, and recommend him to you in the presence of this auditory as a kind master, a faithful and loving companion, a constant helper, yea, altogether lovely and the fairest among ten thousands, all in all. And by his grace, I am more and more in love with him and resolve to renew my choice of him as my only happiness and portion from this time forward and forever. Yea, witness God and angels and men, witness ye sons and daughters of Adam present, the post of the door and the pulpit from whence I now sound forth his name, that by his grace assisting, I reject and abandon every lover and joy, but what I may enjoy in him and to be for him and him only. And in his name and presence, I recommend to you the same choice and declare that saints and angels will rejoice at your return and God himself receive you with delight. And oh, the unspeakable happiness you will find in him in life and privilege in death. And I, expecting through boundless grace a mansion in the kingdom, Long for your company to bear a part in the immortal notes of praise to God for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, my dear hearers, let me not be in vain to your souls, but receive the message of peace that the Lord has sent by me. Adore him to all eternity for his goodness to the sons of men. And I entreat you, to labor with me for the promotion of religion and the advancing of Christ's kingdom as far as the influence of your several stations and capacities in life may extend. And may this day be not only kept as thanksgiving, but an everlasting thanksgiving kept, therefore. Therefore, resolve from this moment to arise from sin and sloth and put the Lord Jesus in all your ways. Love him. Tell of him. Walk with him. Enjoy and adore him from this time forward and forever for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. Let's pray. Your goodness is unspeakable, God. And we rest in amazing privileges that you have surrounded us with. May all these advantages be multiplied in us as we spread forth your kingdom for your glory because of our love for you and for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
too much movement in the last half hour, so why don't you stand up, we'll do one last song together. The movements are really easy. The song is Our God, it goes, Our God is greater. Do it with me, you can do it. Uh, if the kids can do it, so can you. Our God is stronger. Edge kids who are in here, you can come up and show them how to do it. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And then we do the wings again at one point, you'll see that. 